You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 32. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I am interviewing Nikki Olson. And Nikki is coming on to talk to us about stress eating, which is a question that I very commonly get of how to break through stress eating. It seems like it's a very, very common thing that women especially struggle with, feeling stress in our life because I mean, honestly, who's not a little bit stressed, right? Between the kids and the husband and the work and the community and the church and like everything that you got going on in your life, there is inevitably stress. And so Nikki really does a great job of breaking down some very, very practical things that you can do to be able to get through that stress eating and get better and start to manage it. And in the interview you'll hear, I love she says that you're not going to ever like fix stress eating. It's not it's not going away, but what you can do is really manage it in a way that is productive for you. And so she walks you through an exercise and I'm really going to suggest that you listen to what she says and actually do the exercise with her. So it's one thing to hear the exercise and it's a totally different thing to actually do the exercise alongside with her. So there's parts where she'll tell you to pause and she wants you writing down. And I really would encourage you to do it with her. Um, I think you'll find a lot of value in the exercise that she gives. Also in the interview, Nikki talks about a bunch of resources and I've linked all of those up in the show notes. So if you go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 32, you will see all the show notes there. Um, you can get all the resources and we have links to her download that she uh, provided so kindly for us. Now, without further ado, let's hop into that episode with Nikki Olson. I would like to welcome Nikki Olson to the podcast. Hey, Nikki, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to have Nikki on because this is a topic that I get questions about a lot. Like it is something that is so pervasive and so common for women that I really wanted to bring somebody on who, you know, I have ideas about how like I deal with my clients with stress eating, but like Nikki really knows this stuff. And I wanted to bring someone on who could really give some tangible takeaways of like how you actually work through this process yourself. So I'm really grateful, Nikki, that you're taking the time to share your knowledge with my audience. Of course, no problem. Awesome. So to start, let's kind of get a little background on you. So just give us a quick history about you and what you do. Okay. So I'm a wife and mother of two girls. I have two, a nine-year-old and 11-year-old. And um, I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor. So I'm a master's level physician uh, or mental health therapist. And I work full-time for a company called the Utah Navajo Health Systems. Um, it's, a, it's an integrated community health center based on the Navajo Reservation in the Four Corners area of Utah. 
Um, and so we deal with, I'm in a medical office, um, but we have mental, uh, mental health, we have um, medical, we have vision, we have dental, it's kind of all around and, and we treat the, the whole person, not just one aspect. Awesome. And talk to us a little bit about your personal fitness journey. How did you get started in fitness? What's that look like for you? So I, I've always been involved in sports when I was in high school. I was always active in that way. When I got into college, I um, started going to gyms and stuff with my friends, and the group fitness thing was super fun and and learning that. Um, As I had kids, I had to kind of tweak that. You know, I can't necessarily go to the gym, and and location-wise, we're in a very small community, so there aren't really big gyms or options as far as daycare and stuff out of gym. So I started uh, lifting weights at home, doing, you know, videos like that. I love to road bike, kind of just have gotten interested in a lot of exercise um, for fun. Right now, exercise is has become a really good habit for me, but I do it more for mental health now than physical health. I noticed that, that that really gets me out of bed in the morning is if you don't do this, you are not going to be thinking clearly today. And so that's kind of where I am as far as exercise and fitness that it. way. I love it. Um, and so I want to dive in like straight into this because I want to make sure yep. that you have enough time to really walk people through this. Um, yes. Stress eating. Okay. Yeah. So what, like when we say stress eating, what does that mean to you? Like, what are you kind of defining that as? Yeah. So my definition of stress eating would be consuming food in response to how your mind and body feel. Okay. Okay. So it's not conscious eating. It's not eating to fuel your body. Um, but in my definition, it would be your body's having some tension is what I would call it, or it's a response, a physical response. Your mind is having what I would describe as clutter. And we'll kind of get into those things. And when we're having this body tension or mind clutter, we don't like it. We don't like those feelings that we're having. Um, substances help mask how we feel in that mode. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, there's a reason that we feel that way. We'll get, we'll get into all of that, but I would define basic stress eating as a way to cover up how our mind and body are feeling at the moment. And why, and why is that dangerous? Why don't we want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> For lots of reasons, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, why wasn't that good? I know, because I always tell people, like, well, you know, yeah, well, drugs work, right? Like, alcohol works. Yeah, there has, sugar to, be, works. <laughs> there has to be some yeah. sort of benefit or yeah. we wouldn't do it, right? Exactly. Like, some sort yeah. of immediate benefit. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it does work. Like, I can, you know, need some energy and I can go smoke some meth and it will work really sure. well. Right, right. right. But there's negative consequences to that. Sure. Like, there's consequences to not dealing with the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And just masking it for the moment. So I like to use the analogy like at Halloween, when you put a mask over your face, you don't disappear. Mm -hmm. Your face is still Still behind the mask. As soon as you take that mask off, your face is shown, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept of using a substance to cover up how we're feeling is just a mask for it. And as soon as we take that mask off and we're not using that substance anymore, that emotional response will return. So you're not making, it's not a coping technique in making it go away. That body tension or that mind clutter or that emotional response is not going away. We're just masking it for the moment um, so that we don't have to feel it for the moment. But then that can become an addiction, right? If you continue to do that time and time again, that's when we get into what we call an addicted mode. So we then 
have to do that in order to function because we've covered it up so much that now the only way I can function is if I have this substance in me. And, and maybe you'll talk about this later, but yeah. is there ever a time that it's okay? Or that like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so we use things like coffee to get us like a pick me up. Like we have other things in our life that we use to be able to uh, get through life or cover up those emotions. So is there like a point that stress eating is okay? And then a point you move past that it's not, or would you say that all stress eating is something that we want to address and, and rectify? Well, I think that's kind of like saying, is it okay that I have weaknesses? Like, is it okay that I have things that I need to work on and I don't handle them? Okay. Well, yes. yeah, yeah, everybody is going to be Welcome at that point. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Are we all human? Yes, we are all yes. human and we're not going to all work on every single weakness we have at, at time. There's certain times in our lives where we're going to say, okay, um, I'm going to work on this one thing. That one's going to have to take a back seat right now. So I might just have to drink the caffeine every morning to get me through the day. Cause I'm working on this thing right now. Good. You know, I love that you're saying this. I love that you're saying this because I feel like so often women get overwhelmed with all of the things that we're supposed to do, right? We're all supposed to like have a career and we're supposed to be like the perfect mom and we're supposed to have the perfect body and we're supposed to all lift weights, but we're also supposed to run and we're all, you know, like all these things and we get overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's okay to take a time and say, right now I'm working on my fitness right now. I'm working on stress eating right now. I'm working on having a better relationship with my body and we don't have to do it all at the same time. We can really segment it. I love that. That's awesome. Well, and I think that's why women stress eat or feel stress more often is because there is so much that these days that are focused on women becoming better, doing better, Mm -hmm. doing it all. Mm-hmm. being something like that. I don't feel like, and maybe this is just my own perception, but that that comes on men, right? That anything that happens with I the think, media. Yes. I think there's different pressures on men, but yeah. I think you're right that there is an expectation that like women can do and have it all and yes. have the perfect body while they do it. And do it tomorrow. Yeah. And do it tomorrow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Tomorrow you need yeah. to wake up and have your yeah. crap together. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And if you don't, then you're a complete failure. You're yes. a horrible mother. You're a horrible human that being. All or nothing That's mentality, trying. man. It's yes. like pervasive in our lives. Okay. Yeah. And okay. so I think we use substances to deal with that. Okay. And so I like that. we come to a point where it's negatively affecting multiple areas of our life. Right. And, and like, I think people know that too, right? Like people come to me and say, I struggle with stress eating. It, it's yeah. like something that they've kind of have identified as something that they're struggling with. And so if you're at that point where you're like, yeah, I, I know that I stress eat. I know that it's, it's not helping me. Then maybe yeah. we need to dive into like actively taking a period of time to focus on that. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's get into, if someone's saying they're coming to this, this episode and they're saying, yes, I identify it's a struggle. It's something I want to overcome. I want to break past it. How do we do that? Okay, perfect. So I am one of the modalities that I use in therapy. Um, almost solely is called, it's a modality called mind body bridging. And so we're going to kind of walk through some basics of that. We're not going to cover everything today. It's going to feel like, wow, that's great you know, and it covers the surface of it, but I can't cover it all, sure, you know, yeah. and all of that. And so I'll give resources at the end cool. of that. Like, okay. what do I do moving forward? And we'll, but link, I'm gonna we'll get... link everything that Nikki like resources in the show notes. So you can go there yep. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so this, this is the tip of the iceberg to understand why it's happening and maybe one or two tools that you could do about it now, but this is not everything, you know? And so, um, but the basics of, of, I like mind body bridging because I, I connect with that. It's not just about the mind. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this, this stress eating isn't necessarily just affecting our mind. It's affecting our body. Right. And the reason that we, and, and not just stress eating, but in general, we feel that body tension and mind clutter and we react in negative ways, not only just by eating, we might snap at people, right? We might become angry. We might start isolating. We might do lots of things we don't necessarily want to do when we're stressed out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the reason that we do that, that this mind body bridging asserts. And so this, this is a modality come up by, um, Dr. Block. And so he came out within about the nineties. So it's still kind of new and upcoming, but, um, these days mindfulness is kind of a big technique and, sure. and things like that. But this addresses a little bit more than mindfulness. It sort of addresses what, what is causing this mind body connection to, to, um, uh, not be connected or be disconnected, right? Like what is the reason that our mind and body aren't working together anymore? Why is it that certain situations or things that are happening to me cause me to not feel like myself anymore and negatively affect how I, my body feels and how my mind feels. Right. And the reason behind that, what he, he has come up with is that there's a system inside all of us that is responsible for making our mind and body disconnect. Okay. And we might think, why do we have a system inside of us that works against us? Right? Like why would, why, why do we want that? Right. And there's many reasons you can, his book, you can kind of get into it and read a little bit more. But the main reason is that we all have a sense of identity of who we are. We want to be an individual. Right. And so anytime our, our identity is getting, um, feels like it's being attacked in any way, this system wakes up to try to protect who we are. Hmm, right. And it's not a functional way of doing it. And I like to use the analogy of a compass. Okay. So like, or, or internal compasses, like this identity system is our internal compass, not to tell us where to go, but it tells us where not to go. So like, if you, if you think about birds who fly South for the winter, how do they know where South is? I don't know. Right. (laughs) How do they know? Tell me. Wake up one day and they're like, I think that way is south, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but they they know because they have an internal compass that tells them which way south isn't. Okay. So every time they get off course, their body tells them and it it tells them to get back on course. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. We have that same system. Mm-hmm. We just have to recognize it and what it's doing to us. We learn need to learn, learn to work with it. It's sort of that opposition inside of us that allows us to have agency to choose, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we um, recognize when that system is at play, we recognize, okay, this isn't a time to be making decisions. This isn't a time to be having an in-depth conversation. You know, I need to correct course before I start moving forward with things, right? Mm -hmm. This probably isn't a time to dive into the Oreos, right? Because it's not going to be a functional state of mind to be in right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the system that we have tells us when we're off course. So we need to learn to recognize when that system is awake and what we can do about it to put it to rest. Okay. okay. We're never going to get rid of it. It's with us for the rest of our lives. Okay. We learn, need to learn to manage it. Okay. And so I like when you brought up the beginning, like we need to learn to manage this stress eating. You will never conquer it. 
right? Like you will never say, I never stress eat anymore. Right. Uh Like I can learn, come to a management place in my life where I feel like most of the time I'm in charge. Right. Sometimes in our life, it's most of the time my identity system is in charge or the system that's inside of us. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. Right. And we want to switch that management around. That takes time and awareness and, and recognizing and using some of these tools. But if you're in a mode where you feel like I, I'm just stress eating all the time, it's probably because that system is in charge and making the decisions for you. Yes. It's a, it's a default brain. Mm-hmm. It's an autopilot brain. It just does what you've practiced before. It's not a conscious thought process when that system's going. And so some people will also call that like the same as the subconscious or the reptilian brain. Is that kind of the same concept, the habits that you're not thinking about? Kind of. So the identity system or the system we're talking about affects every cell of our body. It does affect our brain in that way. That's what you're talking about. It's like, Yeah. yeah. It does turn on that that reptilian brain where it's just autopilot. We kind of go to whatever we want, mm-hmm. and it turns off our executive functioning brain right. that's responsible for problem solving, right. organization. So, yeah, exactly. It turns off the networks from that firing, but it also affects every cell of our body. So we feel it, right? That's where we can say, well, I'm having stomach aches because I'm stressed. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's it, that's not just in your brain, right? Like it's literally affecting your body, mm-hmm. right? Like I am breaking teeth because I'm clenching my jaw so tight or, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you're having these physical responses to it as well. It's not just part of the brain, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So this, this, my, this identity system, the two ways that we can recognize that it is, um, awake is through the tension that we feel in our bodies and the clutter that we feel in our minds. Most people describe that as stress. And I would say when people come to my office and they say, I'm just so stressed out. I said, well, how do you know you're stressed out? Mm. And they'll, and then say, what, what tells you you're stressed? You don't say I have this and this and this in my life. I know, but what tells you you're stressed? What a good question. I like that question. (laughs) So you're, you're getting to the the physical response, right? Uh Like there, there is always going to be a time in your life when there's something going wrong in your life. A hundred percent of the time there is, you're not going to have a time where it's like, Life is wonderful. You can enjoy life, but there's always going to be something that could be better, right? And so we we can't say, uh, and this is why I like this modality so much, is like I can't have people coming in my office and me fixing their problems, and then every time they have a problem, they have to come back, right? Mm-hmm. We need to learn to manage while we're in that, right? Because there's always going to be something coming. Same thing with stress eating, right? Like you can't say, well, I need to fix everything in my life, and then I won't stress eat anymore. That's not true. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. When are you going to not have something stressful in your life? There's yes. always going to be something. It ebbs and flows, and it gets worse and, and, sure. and you know better, but... You, you just need to learn to manage that and come to a point um, of, of recognizing that. Okay. So we're gonna what we're gonna do today is do kind of like a more interactive episode. So we're gonna if if you're driving your car, you probably want to like maybe pause this till you can get home, or you know, because you're gonna need to, need to be doing some writing. We're gonna be doing some pausing and turning it back on. Um, I've I've done this before on some other podcasts, and, and I'll have people come to me afterwards, and they'll say, "Oh, that's so great!" But you know, I need you to teach me. And I said, "Well, did you did you do it? Like, did you pause the episode?" do it. And they're like, no, I just listened to it. I'm like, no, (laughs) you have, this is mind body bridging has to be experienced. 
it cannot be intellectualized. It cannot be something that you just think about. I like to use the analogy of like, we don't send police officers to a PowerPoint training and then send them out on the road, right? Yes. <laughs> like they have to physically practice doing these tools over and over and over again, figuring out how to handcuff somebody over and over and over again, because when that stress comes, you will not do what you learned in the PowerPoint, right? Mm-hmm. You You'll will do only practice. Do... Exactly. And so if you're not practicing and doing these things, I don't have magic fairy dust. It doesn't change lives, mm-hmm. right? Just just understanding it does not change your life. It's the actual practice and doing it that will change your life, right? Okay. It's the so action. If you're listening, hear what Nikki is saying. Like <laughs> actually do the things that she's saying. And if yeah. that means that you have to pause this right now and come back to it when you're not at the gym or you're not driving, that's okay. Yeah. Like come back to yeah. it and actually do the work because that's where the power is. It's not in reading about it. Yeah. Or listening to her say it. Yes. Yes. And you can listen to the whole episode and go back and do it later, but don't do it like, oh yeah, I got that. You know, that's fine. I learned it. it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, Amber's going to also, uh, do a download for this map. If you go to the show notes, um, that we will have it linked there. You can download the map that Nikki has created. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to map out what that identity system or that system looks like, sounds like, and feels like for you. Okay. okay. So I'm doing this, this too. Yes. I'm Amber's going to be, page, page. Our, yep. She's going to be your guys's example here. She's going to be a little vulnerable. She's not going to necessarily share what's exactly on her map. Okay? okay. So you can, you can write whatever you want, I can write my truth. Um, but Yes, exactly. But you're, you'll share what your experience is with it. So people can be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what it's like. Um, but this this map, if you don't ha- if you don't have a way of downloading or printing it, you can do it on to grab two pieces of paper. It doesn't matter. You can grab two napkins. You can do, grab two of anything two post-it notes. It doesn't really matter. I'll walk you through it. And that's totally fine. The map is just uh, extra like you, you yeah. you're fine without that. But just you need two pieces of paper and a pen. And once you got that and you come back, what we're going to do is we're going to have you guys think about a problem or a situation that if you started thinking about it right now, you could feel some of that body tension or mind clutter. Okay. Or if you can't identify with body tension or mind clutter right now, just say, if I started thinking about this right now, I would get stressed. Okay. And it doesn't need to be like, I would on a level one to 10, be stressed at a 10. You can literally pick something that's at a two. It doesn't really matter. And so I want you to write that problem or situation down in the middle of the paper on the map. It has a little gray circle. So you're going to write it in the little gray circle, just in a couple words, define what that problem or situation is. And if you're using a piece of paper instead of the map, as soon as you get that written down, just go ahead and put a circle around it. Just a small circle. So now what we're going to do is we're going to let our minds kind of flow on the paper for a minute. Okay. So we're going to have you write down as you're thinking about this problem or situation, any thoughts or feelings or emotions that are coming up. I want you to write them down on the paper anywhere you want. I don't care what it looks like. You're never going to show it to anybody. So don't worry about your spelling or your handwriting. Just you're going to let your thoughts flow for as quick as you can. And what you're going to do since we're on the podcast is you you can push pause and write down as many as you can. Um, and then when you come back, just push play and we'll pick up from there. Okay. Okay. 
So if you guys have um, a, a map, you'll notice that there's some information at the bottom. If you don't, I'll just walk walk you through. The bottom it asks, is your body tense or relaxed? So what I want everybody to do is just check in with your body and notice where you're feeling spots of tension right now. So that might look, you're going to kind of scan your body head to toe and you're going to check in with it, with, with your body. And those places that you're feeling the tension, you're going to write them down at the bottom of the paper. So you might notice, oh, I'm clenching my jaw or my head feels tight. Uh, my heart's beating fast. Um, I always pull my shoulders up or it can be, I feel a pit in my stomach, my throat, my foot feels fidgety, um, clenching the pen tight, just literally kind of scan head to toe, check in with every part of your body and anything that feels tight or tense, you're going to write that place down at the bottom of the paper. And then we're going to check in with that mind clutter. So I describe mind clutter as kind of a snowball of thoughts. Like we start with one thought that explodes into like 10 more and those 10 more explode into 10 more. Like pretty soon we have a whole snowball of thoughts going, right? So we want to check in, just mark on, if you have the map, it'll just ask you, is it cluttered or clear? And you can mark that. But I want you to also at the bottom is a scale of one to 10 that's asking you how how active is your eye system, the system that we're talking about? The way we're going to know that is how much clutter am I feeling and how much body tension am I feeling on a scale of one to 10? So 10 being the most, like I, this is a lot of mind clutter. This is a lot of body tension and a one being like, eh, this isn't very much. And either circle the number if you have the map, if not, just jot down a number at the bottom of how much of that clutter you're feeling. Okay. So now we're going to pull out that second piece of paper here. Try not to do it on the back, just because we're going to do some comparing here in a second. So if you have a second piece of paper or if you print it out, try not to do front and back. So on that second map or second piece of paper, I want you to write down that same thing that you had in the, in the circle in the center. You're going to write that down again in the middle of the paper and put a circle around it. Or if you already have the circle, that's fine. And then before we start this map, I'm going to teach you guys a tool called coming to your senses, meaning your five senses. Okay. So you don't have to write anything. You can just get comfortable. I'm going to walk you through a process of becoming aware of your senses. You can think about whatever you want to think about. Okay. It doesn't matter. We're not trying to get rid of our thoughts. We're just going to start noticing our senses. So first I want you guys just to become aware of the different sounds that are happening around you. You to notice the chair underneath you, and notice the ground underneath your feet, and notice gravity on your body, and notice the air as you breathe, and notice how things feel in your hands. Bring your awareness back to the sounds. All right, I want you guys to look down at your second map there. Notice what you wrote in the center circle of your second map there. All right, so you're going to want to pause the podcast for a minute so that you can just write down things as they are coming to your mind, but just continue to be aware of your senses as you're writing. Once you feel like you got all your thoughts down, go ahead and push play again. Okay. All right. So now what I want to do is we're going to check back in with that body tension again. Okay. Kind of scan your body head to toe. Notice where you're feeling those spots of tension again and write those places down at the bottom of the paper. Okay. 
And then check in with that mind clutter again. Notice if it's if it's cluttered or clear. Kind of take a note of that on a scale of 1 to 10. And mark down at the bottom on, on that scale of 1 to 10 how much mind clutter you're feeling now. Okay? Now I want you to take both maps and set them side by side so you can see them both at the same time. And so Amber's going to be our, our example here, but you guys can do this uh, yourselves. But So Amber, what do you notice is different about your maps? Uh, in the second map, it's a lot more positively framed. Okay, okay. Uh, so more positivity. Yeah, like it's kind of saying some of the same things, but in a more positive light. Yeah. Um, like the thing that I put down was kind of scary. And so a lot of my thoughts on the first paper were surrounding that fear. And the second one was like, I'm acknowledging that fear, but yeah. it doesn't have the power that it had in the first uh. paper. Yes. So debilitating fear on the first one, I guess I could say, or, and then the, the, the second one is more like awareness of fear, but not decreasing functioning about it. Right. We're like, and the second one, I like one of the things I wrote was like, if I don't try, I will always fail. So it's like, yeah, I realize it's scary, but like, I also can like bring it back and be like, yeah, but if I don't ever do it, I won't ever know. So yeah. it's kind of yeah. like a more positive light of, of it. Like opening your mind to possibilities and awareness of a bigger picture rather than a narrow view in the first map. Yep. Perfect. All right. What else do you notice is different? So where I felt tension the first time around was my palms get sweaty. And I know this about myself. Like I know exactly how I feel stress. My palms get sweaty and my heart races. Like those are the two things to me that like signal that stress. Yeah. Um, I also had like a little pit in my stomach and I realized I was like kind of clenching my jaw a little bit. And then the second one, I still had some palm sweat, but it wasn't as much. Um, my heart was definitely not racing as fast and I definitely felt less jaw tension. So, um, it wasn't like completely erased, but I definitely noticed a decrease between the two. Good. So body tension's going down. Um, And I feel like with mind clutter, uh, I, I think I practice this already pretty well. Like I am very aware of my thoughts and that's something that I've practiced yes. <laughs> and worked at. So, yeah. um, I felt like maybe a little bit decrease in the mind clutter. Um, yep. but again, I feel like that's literally because I've practiced before yeah. and been very aware of it. If you yeah. haven't had that practice or like ever thought about what you're thinking, <laughs> thought yeah. about your thoughts, it, yeah. I think it's a big, a much bigger difference. Yes. And it also takes practice to know what mind clutter is. Like if you're not aware of it, you're like, oh, I'm not really sure. And I want to acknowledge that sometimes when people map, there might be people listening that they're mapping and they're saying, my tension went up. Mm. Did I do something wrong? And I would say, nope, you did not do anything wrong. Mm. What's happening there is that we tune out our body tension and our mind clutter so much, like we just get used to it. We think that's just how life is that we don't, we're not aware of it anymore. And so when I asked you to the first time, you might think, well, that's just always there, right? Like we're not acknowledging that body tension's there. And then when we used your senses, we opened your awareness more and that body tension and mind clutter became more aware. It's not that it increased. It's just that you were more aware of it. If you went back and did this again, you would know what we were talking about when we were talking about mind mind clutter and body tension, and you would actually have more on the first map. So it's just experience. It's not necessarily that it did increase, just awareness of what it really is. So you didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) And also I want to acknowledge that, you know, you said, 
there's still what we would consider negative thoughts, like, or a negative emotion. People would consider fear a negative emotion, right? And we're not trying to get rid of negative thoughts or negative emotions. Like that's a whole nother lesson of my party bridging, mm-hmm. but our, we are humans and we're going to have negative emotions and negative thoughts. The identity system is the one, the system that we're talking about is the one that tells us that we're not allowed to have negative emotions or, or negative thoughts. There's nothing wrong with negative thoughts or negative emotions. Like you said, when I acknowledge that fear is there, but functioning can still happen even if fear is there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that difference there, the only difference between, um, the reason that there's a difference between map one and map two is because you rested that system we were talking about. Right. I have no idea what you wrote down. I didn't say no, open mind and think about these thoughts or the only reason there's difference is because we rested that system that was interfering with our body tension, our mind clutter and our ability to function the way we wanted to. Right. And we call that system. I've said a couple of times, we call that system, the identity system, right? That we call it that because that's, it's trying to protect who we are as a person. Right. And it, it tries to do that in a not so good way. I want to do it, protect it in a way. And the way that it does that is it also says, um, it sets up these mental rules about life, right? It, it's very idealistic. It wants life to be perfect. It thinks life should go this way. In fact, it requires life to be this way, right? And we'll, we'll circle back around to that, but I want to, I want to make a point first before I do that is that this identity system, the way we know that it is at play and and affecting us is we're feeling it in our bodies with tension and we're feeling it in our minds with mind clutter, okay? That is when we turn to substances to cover up how we're feeling, right? That would be the response would be stress eating. Not everybody turns to eating as a response to that body tension and mind clutter. Sure. Some people turn to other unhealthy things. In fact, you know, exercise could be one for somebody sure. over exercising, right? Or it could be under eating. Maybe their response is to not eat at all, mm-hmm. right? Which still isn't healthy, right? Mm-hmm. To respond that way. And so certainly stress eating, it, it, it happens, but also when we turn to stress eating, we're not like, Oh, give me all the cabbage and the, yeah. <laughs> and the broccoli. I'm just craving it so much. That's not what we do. Right. And the reason that we, we crave the sugar or, you know, the carbs is because when we are in our identity system state, then our senses are turned off. Right. Mm-hmm like our ability to taste, our ability to smell. And that's why I had us turn them back on, right? And so if our ability to taste and smell and, you know, all of those things that we love about food is turned off, then we need something more substantial to give it a kick to know that we're there, right? So we crave those things that will give us that immediate, like, kick, in the pants with it, right? It's like we we crave the the sweetest thing, the saltiest thing, right? The the caffeine, mm-hmm. things like that that will give us that immediate response and jolt. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like you know when you 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 craving a lot of those things, you get in that mode, and then you're you eat healthier. You don't crave those things as much because your taste buds just kind of. Um, are open to that. Like your senses are turned back on your awareness to that. And those things do taste good after you're, you're able to rest that system. So 
what does that mean? Right? Like, okay, yeah, that's all great. But how does that translate to day to day? Right? Like, what does, what does this mean for me? One is that we need to be aware of when this identity system is at play. Okay. If we're not aware of when that identity system is at play, we can't do anything about it. Right. If we're just thinking, am I stress eating? Am I not? Am I, is this happening? Am I not? We need to know. So the first thing that I would, I would, you know, someone coming to my office, this is what I would assign to them, but this would be my challenge to you guys as well, is to become aware of that body tension and that mind clutter that you're feeling throughout the day. Because oftentimes we don't catch it until it's at a level seven, eight, nine, ten, where it's really easy to know I'm stressed, right? It's really hard to catch stress or noticing when the identity system's just barely awake right? When it's at a level one or two. So we need to hone in on that skill, right? Mm -hmm. We also need to know the difference between when our identity system's awake and at rest. When our identity system's at rest, we call that your natural self. That's just who you naturally are, right? Like for you, Amber, when your identity system's at rest, you're naturally like, okay, I am, um, I'm, I have fears, but I acknowledge them and I move forward through them. I am a, a push forward. I want to get things done. I want to accomplish things. Um, that's who you naturally are. Right. But when the identity system wakes up, it starts making you feel like you're not yourself in that moment. Right. So another one of the questions on the, the map that it asks is how do you act in this state? Right. I didn't ask that necessarily, but just thinking about like, if you, if you look back at your map number one, Amber, what does it, what's it like when you're in that state of mind? You got that body tension, you got that mind clutter going. Uh, it's catastrophic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All the things are going to happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what do you start doing when you feel that way? It, it like is a self-perpetuating cycle. Right. Like yeah. how is catastrophe going to make me like have less fear and less stress? Like it only tense, increases the anxiety and the, the tension. Yeah. And so some people might, when they're in that state of mind, they might get short with people. They might get irritated with people, frustrated easily. They might start isolating more. They might start pulling back. They push away people. You know, it affects our relationships, right? When you're in that state of mind, how do you notice it affecting your relationships? Uh, definitely shorter. Like just get irritated with like any little thing yes. that happens. Yep. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. And so it's kind of like, ah, leave me alone. I just want to deal with this or I need to get this done. And so we tend to just kind of move forward quickly wanting to, to get that to go away. Right. Yeah. We don't want to feel that way. So when you're, let's look at the second map then when you're in this state of mind, what's, what's it like to be in this state of mind? Uh, definitely like more relaxed, more like I can make progress more the world's not out to get me. Yeah. Yeah. You feel hope, you feel right. desire, motivation, mm -hmm. right? Motivation, yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. And what do you start doing when you feel that way? Acting. Yeah. <laughs> like doing the things. Yeah. Rather than just thinking about them, right? Right. We put it into, we put our goals into action and we start working on that. And how does that affect your relationships? It's always a pod. Like if, when I'm going after the things that I want and like being true to who, what I desire, then I, it, overflows into the way that I treat other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we want those relationships. We desire them. We nurture them. We do those things that, um, that help those relationships grow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the, this identity system state, we need to be aware of that. It's not just that I'm feeling a negative emotion. We can't call it that. Right. Cause we're going to feel negative emotions when we're in our natural self. Mm -hmm. It's not that 
you were feeling fear, right? You felt fear in both of those. Mm -hmm. So we need to, the, the two clues, the two red flags that our identity system are turned on that we can always turn back to is that body tension and that mind clutter. So we don't want to go off of it like how we're acting, how we're feeling necessarily, because that can be both. That can be confusing. And so then sometimes we lump it into the same thing. We need to start separating these two states of mind by really honing in on that body tension and that mind clutter. Cool. So if somebody is feeling like they want to stress eat, what do they do? Mm -hmm. So first I would say, what is how is your body feeling? How is your mind feeling? Okay. And this doesn't happen. You don't practice this when you're wanting to stress eat. Okay. okay. It's kind of like saying, okay, I would like to uh, run a marathon. So I think I'll sign up for the race and show up on race day and start practicing. Right. You, that's Dumb. not going to happen. Right. <laughs> you are going to overwhelm yourself. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to feel like it doesn't work. So don't do this when you're wanting to stress eat. Okay. Okay. We need to put ourselves in a training mode. And in order to do that, like if you wanted to run a marathon, you wouldn't be like, yeah, when I feel like it, I'll go out and run. Right. You wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Nobody would do it. Right? Nobody's going to go out and run. So you want to make sure that you are setting up times throughout the day that you're checking in with your body tension and mind clutter, get a really good idea of the different levels, right? right. You could say, you could even say, all right, I'm going to check in. Oh, I think it's at a level two. It's at a level three or my identity system's awake or it's turned off. Like just acknowledge it in your brain where it's at. Well, however you want to acknowledge that, mm -hmm. acknowledge it. Or, Hey, I don't have any body tension. I don't have any mind clutter. My identity system's turned off. I'm in my natural self. Just acknowledge it, okay? Mm -hmm. Doing that throughout the day, you're training yourself to check in, right? The more we practice something, the more it becomes second nature or in our muscle memory, and we just do it without thinking. So we're, that's the training mode, that part of it, right? Mm -hmm. The second part is the way that we were able to rest that identity system is by using our senses, okay? So... That's a little bit, I, you know, my guess is that it, you know, right now, it, Amber's probably by herself, right? Like there's not kids jumping right. around yeah. in the background. You got my nice calm voice walking you through it. Like it's a little bit easier to do it, right? Yeah. But how do I do this in the middle of my kids screaming at me, doing dishes and making dinner at the same time, right? That takes practice, okay? Mm -hmm. And so how do I not give up on everything and just, just eat everything right in that moment because I can't rest my identity system? Okay. That takes practice. So we have to start learning how to use our senses while we're doing activities. Okay. So another training mode we need to put ourselves in throughout the day, starting to notice our senses while we're doing things. So that would look like, okay, in the morning when you're waking up, noticing how things feel, like notice the toothbrush and how it feels. Notice the taste of the toothpaste. And in the shower, notice the sounds or notice the temperature of the water or the smells. When you're doing dishes, noticing the textures of things, noticing the sounds. When you're walking, notice the ground underneath your feet. It's just that mindfulness. Exactly, yeah. So mindfulness would assert that it's bringing you back to the present moment. Okay, so there's a little bit of difference in here. If I don't note this, Dr. Block listens to this, he'll... <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, I've taught you better than that. But <laughs> so mindfulness is asserting that we need to be in the present moment. 
Dr. Block would assert we're always in the present moment. You're not beating yesterday's blood or tomorrow's blood, right? Like you're here, you're present, you're experiencing this, right? But this identity system is keeping you from functioning in this present moment. Okay. okay? So we, we're doing it not to be in the present moment. We're doing it to function right now. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so this, it's not necessarily just being mindful. And so it's a matter of consciously aware of the reason I'm not able to function is because there's a system that's causing me not to function. Got it. Right. And so if we don't recognize and become aware of that, we can sort of turn in that victim mode. And this is just happening to me. I have no control over this. Right. It's a system. We're aware of it. We can learn to manage it. It may be really strong right now. It's like if I did bicep curls with just my right arm every day, mm-hmm. that one's going to be really strong and my left arm's going to be really weak, right? So how do I even that out? I stop doing the bicep curls with my right arm and I pick up my left arm until it gets caught up, right? Mm-hmm. And then I start working on both of them. So same thing, like we need to stop, um, we need to recognize our identity system when it's at play, but we also need to strengthen our senses and becoming aware of that and, and resting that so that when you, you don't want to only practice using your senses, when your identity system's awake, you're going to become discouraged or frustrated or upset. You're not going to have the strength behind it to be able to rest it in that moment. So, and then you're also not going to remember to do it because you haven't practiced it. This is amazing. This is so good. So if somebody wants to like get even like dive deeper into this, what are those resources that they can look at? Yes. So a couple things. There is, um, I can link the, the website, but Utah State University is the home for um, I, the iSystems Institute. Um, and they do all the training and certifying for clinicians for this. So there's, there's that link. Um, there are workbooks on Amazon and we can, we can link all those. There's five different workbooks. All the workbooks are pretty much the same, but they are geared towards how you feel. So there's a stress workbook. There's an anger workbook, addiction workbook, um, PTSD and did I say them all? Anger, anxiety. There's an anxiety workbook. And so you can go through and do, we covered basically chapter one of 10 chapters. All right. So (laughs) So there's lots more to learn. There's lots more to learn, right? And we'll have that all, everything will be linked in the show notes. So um, you can dive into that. Nikki, you're amazing. This was awesome. And I really, really hope that people find it valuable um, to use the tool. Like you gave us some really, really profound tools to be able to use. Um, I'm really grateful that you were able to come on today. Yes, no problem. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that an awesome interview? I'm really grateful that Nikki took the time to come in and share her training and her wisdom with us about how to deal with stress eating. And my hope is that you're coming away from this episode with some very tangible takeaway tips to be able to work through that stress eating. I love the idea of really starting to become aware of your surroundings and aware of your five senses. And I thought it was interesting how Nikki differentiated between mindfulness and this technique that she uses. If you found this episode helpful at all, I would love it if you would share it. You can post it to your Instagram stories or your Instagram account and tag me on it and let me know what your takeaways were from the episode. I always love to hear how you guys are enjoying listening to Biceps After Babies Radio. So that wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. 
I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.